Welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Social Worker Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Scott. And, um, you know, I've been seeing, uh, you know, the big influencers like Jay-Z, rich guys like Robert Kraft, and, you know, um, another influencer who influences hip-hop culture, Meek Mill, talking about prison reform. You know, I know Meek Mill had did a prison sentence, and he was on probation for 10 years, and, you know, he was, um, you know, this guy who was able to um, prove that he was, you know, um, living a legal lifestyle, you know, he was making a lot of money doing rapping, touring, but he still was on probation, and he was, you know, and it actually caused him to go to jail. You know, so um, and so he's been out. He's been talking about prison reform. You know, and I like that. I like that. You know, there's influencers thinking about people in jails, and you know, thinking about how how the system really stacks up against you. Once you get in the system, it's kind of hard for you to get out the system. You know, even if you you know walk the line, tote the line like they want you to do, and be on supervision. You know, um, it's just hard. You know, so I like the fact that they people who can make some noise and grab people's ear. You know, what I'm saying saying things like that. But what I wanted to address is, um, you know, what I think prison reform, prison reform to me isn't just, you know, um, reducing sentencing and, you know, making probation, um, you know, lighter or, you know, um, or, or, you know, things like that. To me, real prison reform is what are you doing in the communities that these people live in? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you providing opportunities for, you know, for them to, um, you know, um, provide for their families, provide for themselves. You know, is, is there opportunities? Um, is there, is there ways? Um, you know, um, f- for these young men to, um, you know, go get a business loan if they want it. You know, um, is there ways for you know just wait? Like, like are, are the schools really supporting these young men and like um, you know lifting them up? Well, not young men, but you know, young men and women. You know, these you know these people that are affected. You know, black and brown people primarily are affected. You know, by um, you know these these prison systems, you know what I'm saying? What are you doing about private prisons? You know, like, what are you doing about, you know, X, Y, Z? Because I feel like, you know, if you if if I live somewhere where there's not a lot of economic opportunity, you know, to get out where, where really my choices are, you know what I'm saying? I could be a rapper. I could be a ball player, you know what I'm saying? Or I could sell dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, if those are my opportunities, you know, um, like, I feel like, you know, more people are going to fall for the ladder, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you look in uh, places where where opportunity lack, you know what I'm saying, um, that's where crime is high, you know? So if you really want real prison reform, you know what I'm saying, you got to really put, excuse me, you got to really put, you know, money into these communities that don't have nothing. You know, for instance, in, um, in Oregon, you know, like a list just came out, you know, the, you know, like the most crime, you know, the the cities with the most crime in Oregon, and I wasn't surprised when I saw it was Coos Bay. You know, Coos Bay is number one. Coos Bay is a small coastal town. You know, what I'm saying no, it's not like it's not a lot of people of color down there. It, it, there's not a lot of black people down there. Uh, there could be some brown people down there. I'm not sure. I've never been down there, but I have worked with a lot of people from Coos Bay. You know, be shame because I used to work in a juvenile prison. And I do know that um, you know there's not a lot of things to do down there to make some money, you know. So it's not surprising that you know the crime is high down there. You know what I'm saying? It's not surprising that drug use is high down there because it's not there's not a lot of economic opportunity. You know what I'm saying for these people to for, for these people to you know to see anything else. But all right, well this is what it is. I'm a, I'm a just I'm just surviving, you know. So so that so with that. 
you know, I'm just do what I got to do. And because of that, a lot of people go to jail. A lot of people stay in jail. And when they get into jail, you know, they get out of jail. Yeah, they go to jail for about maybe a couple months at a time. They get out of jail. They go back to the same shit because there's not a lot of opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And we got to create you know, we, we got to really build our communities up to provide these opportunities so people could, you know what I'm saying, stay out of jail, you know, because if we're just, you know, bringing them in, giving them these skills and we in there, you know, we in these jails and we try to teach them these things and all this stuff, then we put them out to the world, no matter how many coping skills we gave them, if I can't eat, I can't eat, you know what I'm saying? If I can't get a job, I can't get a job, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I like, I just, I just don't want that part of the conversation to be left out you know what i'm saying like real prison reform is community reform too you know what i'm saying there's no there's no you can't have one without the other you know what i'm saying like yeah i'm, I'm for you know what i'm saying not having these you know lopsided prison sentences where i see like you know um you know people for th- you know with three rocks of cocaine get 10 years you know what i'm saying somebody with powder cocaine gets you know six months yeah that shit is fucked up too but but, you know, you can't have real prison reform without community reform. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why these, you know, these, you know, these jails are, are, are revolving doors. You know, they're, it's, it's not because the, you know, the inmate wants to go to jail. Sometimes it might be, I, I you know, saying there's no, there, there's no absolute, but most of the time, fucking all the time, you know what I'm saying? It's because when they go back out, they go back to the same conditions, you know, it's like, like, we can't think, like, like as a, as a social worker or as anybody who works in the, inside of a jail system, you know what I'm saying, that really wants to help. You can't really think that you giving this person, you know what I'm saying, life, you know, life skills, classes, and then you sending them out to bullshit is going to make a fucking difference. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and you know, when they get out and you go to the same crime-ridden community, the same community where there's no opportunity, there's nothing, everybody's just, you know, surviving. They're probably gonna go back to jail, you know what I'm saying? Then that's just, and that's just, uh, that's just the way it is, you know what I'm saying? Because, because we're not talking about the communities that they're going back to, the situation they're going back to, you know? Like it's just, it's fucked up. And when that's fucked up, you know, like I remember Chris Rock said, um, you know, um, an old project don't sound that much worse than a new jail. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's real. You know what I'm saying? If I go back to shit that's fucked up, I mean, if I go to jail, at least I know, I've heard people, a, a lot of people say, well, at least I know, like, jail is safe. You know what I'm saying? Jail, I, I can eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I know there's people that care about me here, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, don't just, you know, there's no prison reform without community reform. You know what I'm saying? I, I just that's just how I feel. You know, yeah, it would be nice for you, you know for people not to be on probation for ten years and you know, um, you know, and all that stuff. But at the same time, if you if if you made opportunities in those communities, you wouldn't need long probation sentences. You know what I'm saying? Like you just wouldn't need it. At least that's what I think. You know what I'm saying? Because shit is man, like yeah, shit is fucked up around here. You know what I'm saying? Like like I just know I just know when I worked. Inside the juvenile prison, a lot of juveniles came in, and you know, you know, I see, you know, what I'm saying where they're from in these counties. You know, what I'm saying it's not a lot of. There's a reason why there's not a lot of like wealthy kids in prison. You know, what I'm saying one because I'm sure they got, you know, they got a little bit of juice. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna exclude that part. But at the same time, if you have the opportunity to, you know, to do better. 
most of the times you will do better and you will, you know, strive to be better, you know. But if it ain't really much, if it ain't much, you know what I'm saying, like if I'm just going, like, like I feel like when when you're in that lifestyle, you know what I'm saying, jail just becomes a part of, you know what I'm saying, like it, 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 it's just a part of the mission, you know, like it's just a part of the path, it's a part of the journey, you know. So I feel like we need to build our communities up so, so there's more opportunities for these young people, these young men, these young women, you know, you know, saying to not get stuck inside this jail loop and not be on probation for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what I think. There's no prison reform in our community reform. I'm gonna say that, and I hope Jay Z, Robert Kraft, and Meek Mill don't miss that part of it. You know, I hope they just ain't you know out here saying shit and you know just you know you know. Um, Giving speeches, trying to do X, Y, Z, and then not putting it back into the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, and I'm not talking about charitable donations and all this stuff. I'm talking about, like, you know, making it to where, you know, I look around and I can get a job, you know what I'm saying? And I can pay rent and I can do what I need to do to live, you know? Because if you if I can't do it the right way, the thing I learned is people are gonna do it the wrong way, and that's just that's just how this is how it goes, you know. So I'm um, take a break real quick. Um, hopefully, you know, saying that gets y'all thinking about, you know, how how the systems work. You know, there's not one without the other. You know, what I'm saying people can't do it by themselves. You need community. You know, what I'm saying where you where you live has a big impact on what you do. You know, and I'm just that's just what it is. All right. So, I want to talk about um, the expectations that, you know, some MSW students put on ourselves after we get our master's degree. You know, um, going, through the sc- going through school and, you know, doing all the, all the motions and you're learning and you're excited and you're at your internship and you're putting theory to practice and, you know, you do all these great things, you know, um, then when you get out. Um, well, at least for me, I've been feeling like there's an expectation for me to be, you know, um, brilliant, a problem solver, you know, a miracle maker, you know, um, just to kind of get any kind of referral and me be able to, you know, make the make the transition, make the mental health person feel great about themselves and overcome everything and do it. And then you then you look at your boss and your boss gives you thumbs up and you look at your partners and your partners give you thumbs up and everybody's just killing it and everybody's living great. I want to say that's not the case. And it shouldn't be the case, you know. Um, um, you know, like, I feel like, yes, we do get the master's in social work and we have more knowledge of things than others but at the same time um you know that 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 extra pressure we put on ourselves and that employers put on us you know we should really ignore it and we should really understand that we you know this 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 profession isn't math it isn't you know you're not building a car you're not you know you're not doing things that that you could put a formula to and whatever formula you put in you get the same result no, you know, even even with the master's degree, you know, I, I know you, at least for me, I like, so let me break this down for, for myself. I feel like, you know, um, when I go into these places and I, and I say, hey, I'm here to do X, Y, Z, you know, I get, you know, certain referrals and then, you know, like I'm expected to kind of, you know, um, do the impossible with, with very little. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's always the expectation. And, it's, and there are some times where, like, it could be in my own head. You know, I don't like, like, n- nobody's ever said that out loud like hey I need you to do the impossible but I feel like like that's like the pressure that is put on me and I feel like that is you know what people expect me to do because they're giving me like quote unquote their worst and they want a different result that they didn't get you know what I'm saying so I so but recently I had to kind of you know just just get out my own way get out my own head and say hey man this is really just you know when you're doing these kind of you know profession you're really just um you know you really just it's really just a crapshoot you know what i'm saying like you do stuff that you learn throughout your career and throughout school and you and hopefully you know what i'm saying those methods work and you can be able to you know you can be able to connect with people and get different results but most times it's probably not going to happen you know what i'm saying like i mean you know like if you're um if you're like a person who's been in the field for a long time, you, you might have more confidence in yourself, you know, so you might not have these thoughts. But I know, like, for me, I just got out of school two years ago, you know, and I feel like, um, you know, like, just the places I, that I worked, I just feel like it's it's always the expectation for, you know, for you to do a, a lot with a little. But I just want to say that, you know, for a new student out there, you know, don't fall into that kind of feeling, you know, um, understand that, yeah, you got your master's degree and you are a master's level social work. You do have a master's level understanding of of how things work, <clears throat> but it's not fair for you to think that you're, you're going to go out and you're going to change the world easily you know what i'm saying you 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 can do some you, you can do great things and i'm not saying that i don't do you know good work i don't make connections but at the same time you gotta understand that you know like like you're working with like you're working against a lot of um a lot of factors you're working against culture you're working against society you're working against you know um you know poverty you're working against racism you're working against um sexism you're working against um you know Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that kind of makes up the client that you get. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and it's not an easy fix. And you know, like, just so you don't get burnt out, you don't get down on yourself. You know, I want you to understand that. You know, this you, you're still learning. You know what I'm saying? You're still learning how to really maneuver. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are social workers who've been in the field for 10 plus years. And, you know, I see, I hear them talk and I see them work and they do, and they do phenomenal work and they, and they know, you know, all all these great things that, you know, I'm saying that just comes like off the top of the head. <clears throat> but at the same time, you got to allow yourself to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, um, and I know, like, you know, when, when these jobs with these big contracts, they want results, but this, you know, but you gotta kind of like remind them that hey, I'm just doing what I can do. You know, if the person doesn't wanna, if the person's not ready to move on, then I can't really force them to move on. You know, all I can really do is offer them support. Um, you know, help them connect the dots, and hopefully, you know, it's enough. But sometimes, you know, what I'm saying our circumstances are. Are bigger than phone calls and check-ins and you know therapy sessions. You know a lot of stuff go into into our work. So yeah, I I just want to share that because I just know like for myself, I think like when I walk into these buildings, you know these people think that I'm like somebody who's really trying to work. You know miracles. You know do you know just but it's like that's not really the case. And yeah, I, I. you know, I do have an exponential amount of knowledge on some things, but it's like, hey, like if if X Y Z is happening to this person, 
I can't really do a lot to, you know, there's not much I can do, especially if I don't have like a lot of connections and resources and things like that. So, yeah, so if you're a new social work student, a new person in social work, period, just understand that, yeah, there's a lot of pressure for you to do, you know, some some miracles, you know, because, you know, like I said, money, when money's involved and contracts is involved, you know, like they want to show that their contract was, you know, put in, put in, you know, was put to good use. And I want to say it is put to good use because, you know, you got out of school, you did what you had to do, you know what you're doing, but at the same time, you got to understand that something's just out of your control. And, you know, that person who's in your office talking to you has probably had a, a, a lifelong, you know, list of stuff, you know, that followed them. So in two weeks, you're not going to really probably make any kind of progress, you know, saying you, you could. I'm not saying you can't because there are times where you surprise yourself and you do good work and you stand up like, hell yeah, that was tight. But if that doesn't happen, you just got to know that, hey. You know, give it your best shot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do your due diligence. You know, take your notes. Um, you know, make sure that you show it, that you actually put the work in. You know, uh, sometimes I know it's hard because, you know, a lot of the work we do, um, a lot of our, you know, situations be hostile and stuff. And sometimes you don't really want to, you know, go into that situation. You know, and you shouldn't because... Or you go into it cautiously, you know, you, you should know, you know, how to approach it, when to disengage, you know, that's, that's important too, for people who are just getting into the field, you know, know when to disengage, you know, um, don't force it, you know, like, I know sometimes we have requirements that, oh, we have to meet with this person an hour a week or 20 hours in a week, but do not dis, or do not force it. Know when to back away, you know what I'm saying, because sometimes things get dangerous, and that's what I do, you know, like, I worked in in hostile environments, so, like, I know when it's like, all right, when it's time to clap my hands, all right, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute, and I'll talk to you tomorrow or something, so, know when to disengage, know that, you know, yes, you have a master's degree, but that doesn't mean you have to be the problem solver and the miracle worker, you know, um, you should always expect good things. You should always want to do good work. You know, I feel like if you want to do good work, you will do good work no matter what the result is. You know, don't don't live by your results. You know, just just don't. You know, go in there knowing that, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to do. And if it doesn't be, or if it doesn't look, you know, um, like you did anything at all, because sometimes because sometimes that happens. You know, what I'm saying like you have these situation where you make phone calls, you do check-ins, you do all this stuff, and then, you know, you look down in the month, and it's like, well, ain't really, ain't really much change, but hey, that's, that's just, that's just, the, that's just the world we live in, and that's just the kind of field you chose, you know, it's, most times, it's a thankless job, you know, but don't let it get to you, you know, what I'm saying you made the right choice, you know, social workers usually get into this field because their heart is in it, you know, so just make sure, keep your heart in it at all times, if you, like, just, Always remind yourself why you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to do that in my uh, supervision. When I was in my supervision, you know, that's my. I was struggling with, you know, just kind of my current employment situation just because it's just like, it's just too many, like, strings to pull at. It's politics. It's, you know, it's social work. It's, you know, it's all this stuff. But, you know, my, uh, you know, my supervisor had to say, well, why are you doing this for the first place? Well, I'm doing this to help the population. Okay, well, then help the population. 
you know, so I had to step back and really like think like, oh, well, true, you know, say I'm not there for the administrators to like me. I'm there to get through to the, you know, to the population. So just a reminder, you know, I'm saying you're not going to know it all. Not yet anyway. So just take it easy on yourself. Relax. You know, I'm saying remember why you're doing it, you know. And yeah, so um, we'll be back with the diagnosis of the week. And I hope, you know, this message helped somebody, you know what I'm saying, who's struggling. I know um, when I'm in the supervision, that helped me out a little bit to kind of give me a new, just a, a new way to look at things, you know, because it was it was getting hard and it was, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't clicking. But, you know, I feel like now it's like, all right, I'm, I'm in the groove again, and you know, for now. So, yeah, so we'll be back. So we are back with the disorder of the week, or excuse me, the diagnosis of the week. I don't mean to say disorder, but in the DSM-5, disorder is prevalent, but, you know, it's a diagnosis, not, you know, I hate to use the term disorder all the time. But um, the one I am going to read off is reactive reactive attachment disorder. I have seen this a lot working, you know, just kind of in the places I work. Anybody really who works in trauma, um, you know, works with that population, you're you're probably going to see some reactive attachment disorder. So I want to read off the diagnostic criteria. A consistent pattern of uninhibited or uninhibited Emotional withdrawn behavior toward adult caregivers manifested by both of the following. The child rarely or minimally seeks comfort when distressed. The child rarely or minimally responds to comfort when distressed. A persistent and social emotional disturbance characterized by at least two of the following. Minimal social and emotional responsiveness to others. Limited positive effect. Episodes of explained Irritability, sadness, or fearfulness that are evident even during non-threatening interactions with adult caregivers. The child has experienced a pattern of extremes or insufficient care as evidenced by at least one of the following. Social neglect or deprivation in the form of persistent lack of having basic emotional needs for comfort, stimulation, and affection met by caregiving adults. Repeated changes of primary caregivers that limit opportunities to form stable attachments, e.g. frequent changes in foster care. Rearing in unusual settings that severely limit opportunities to form selective attachments, e.g. institutions of high child-to-caregiver ratios. The care in creation, I can't even say that word, um, is presumed to to be responsible for disturbed behaviors in well, criteria A, the dis- e.g. the disturbances of criteria A begin following the lack of adequate care in criteria C. The criteria are not met with are are not met for autism spectrum disorder. The disturbance is evident before the age of five years. The child has developmental age of at least nine months. Specify if Persistent, the disorder has been present for more than 12 months. 
specified current severity. Reactive attachment disorder is specified as severe when a child ex- exhibits all symptoms of, of, of the disorder and each symptom manifesting at relatively high levels. So there's a reason why I've seen that a lot because of places I've worked uh, with. When I work with juveniles and uh, you know young adolescents. So there, there's a reason why I see that a lot. Um, so yeah, if you if you work with uh, if you work with kids, if you know kids of your own, kids at your job, um, you know um, if that sounds familiar, you know you might be able to put the you know you know the words to the actions now. You know you, you might be able to seek the um, proper um, treatment, the proper interventions. You know things like that. Um, yeah, um, you know, if you're working, like I said, if you're working with trauma, especially kids who experience trauma, you're always going to, uh, you know, there'll be some days where it's like, man, you was, you know, you was just all right yesterday. Now you, you you know what I'm saying, you're having a bad day, but you're not really talking to me, you know what I'm saying, about it, but you don't want to talk about it, but you want to be mad, but you, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying to help you, but you don't really want it. And then the next day they're kind of, you know, you know, it's like they they hunt you out, you know what I'm saying, to get a, a negative reaction you know it's like they do it on purpose it's like you know i was always see that a lot it was like you know you know you know the rules of the unit but at the same time you want to push and push and push so yeah so that was a reactive attachment disorder you know um yeah so um thank you again for listening to this a new episode of the hip-hop social worker podcast uh 2019 has been it's been a good year um well so far it's only been one month but uh, you know this month i i had uh, launched my own website um so uh, instead of me shouting out all the places you can find me at i'm just going to say you can go to hiphopsocialworker.com uh you know for all the podcast links uh social media um you know uh, contacts it's all on there um a little background about myself uh i am you know open for business i am providing services so if you you know do want to you know uh just you can just get in contact with me and we can figure some uh some things out you know i'm open for public speaking um you know um that kind of stuff workshops things like that um just really trying to help young social workers old social workers you know um find find um you know, uh, a place in this field that, you know, that they're comfortable with. And, you know, people of all of, you know, of all backgrounds, of all of, of, of every kind of, you know, background, I can, I, I think, you know, just the kind of stuff that I, that I've learned and some of the, um, things that I've learned working at being a social worker, I feel like I, I can apply that knowledge to a lot of different fields, a lot of different things, you know, so, so don't be afraid to, Send me an email. We can figure some stuff out. You know, um, like I said, available for public speaking, things like that. You know, um, yeah. If if you're interested, if you're curious, if you want to tell me no, thank you. You know, just let me know, and we can figure that out. Uh, so, I appreciate each and every one of you for taking a listen. Um, and uh, you know, I'm excited for new opportunities you know put myself out there um it's not all it's not it's not easy you know um i know just um sit back and thinking about just where i want to go is there always like like just seeing the the steps that you got to take and you know like i feel like i'm finally getting somewhere but then now it's the time where you can't really stop and you can't really slow down so yeah it's just a challenge but um you know i'm up for it so I'm just glad you're here with me. So thank you, and I will talk to you later. Peace.